What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Junkyard. I'm your host, Junkyard James. And as you can read in the title of this episode, we're going to be going over and doing a preview, going all in on double or nothing. Without further ado, let's get going. Welcome to the Junkyard. So like I said, we're going all in on Double or Nothing today. Coming soon, he is AEW's fourth rendition of Double or Nothing live from T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. And we got a pretty decent card coming this weekend. If you listen to my brother's podcast that me and my friend Cody was a, a part of this week, there's a lot of wrestling going on this weekend. We got NXT on uh, running head-to-head with AEW on Sunday. Saturday afternoon, we got Night of Champions. But forget about that. Let's talk about Double or Nothing. That's the show that I'm most anticipating this weekend. We got nine card or nine matches uh, on this card, and I want to break down my opinions and my thoughts and all nine of them. Um, but before we get going there, I want to mention one thing. Or a few things, a couple housekeeping things. Tune in tonight, same channel as this, the Junkyard Media Group. Tonight at 9 o'clock, I'll be there with my brother and a couple other friends. We'll be talking the NFC and the AFC South and our predictions um, for, for them and our um, overall analysis of how that the teams are going on on the Colin Audible's podcast again. That is tonight. 9 p.m. Eastern Time on the Junkyard Media Group. As you see on the scrolling ticker below, please like and subscribe to the channel here. Hit that notification bell. That way you know when we're going live, whether it's me doing this podcast, The Junkyard, or the Colin Audible's podcast. Hit that notification bell to know when we are going live and other other videos get uploaded. Comment in here. I'd love to be able to communicate with the fans here and do a Q&A or, or talk about what's going on. I'd like to hear what you guys think about Double or Nothing as I am talking through it. So uh, let's get going. I think there's going to be one match on the pre-show or the buy-in, I believe is what they call it. And that's going to be the only match I think they didn't mention yesterday. This is being obviously recorded live here on Thursday. Yesterday on um, AEW Dynamite, the only match I don't think they mentioned anything about is Ethan Page and the Guns. Austin and Colton versus Jeff and Matt Hardy and Hook. And when I rec- we, we, we recorded my uh, my brother's podcast for this week, the Slap and Meat Wrestling Podcast, feel free to listen to that episode and, and check his podcast out overall there. I think they said it was Isaiah Cassidy fighting instead of Hook, and it looks like Hook's taking Isaiah Cassidy's place in this match. I think this is the buy-in match. The stipulation here is if, if Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, and Hook beat Ethan Page in the guns, that Ethan Page is under the, the his contract is under the control of Matt Hardy. Um, kind of the reverse of what the storyline was in the beginning here when uh, the firm owned Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy's contract. 
So we're kind of reversing the roles here, it seems like there. I'm not really really um, into this feud. That's why I'm, I'm actually kind of happy if this does end up being on the buy-in. Um, I think ultimately this match ends in DQ. I think um, Stokely or Big Bill comes out and interferes. Maybe uh, maybe the other members of the firm, um, Tiger Style and and people like that, and they come out and, and interfere and cause a disqualification in this match. Um, and the match ends in DQ, and we kind of move forward past uh, past this feud. I think it's it's ran its course. I'm not. I'm after the firm deletion is kind of where I, I figured they would have ended the feud, but they moved it on a little bit further. But I think the end here, and then we see the Hardys go their separate ways, um, and the guns go their separate ways. Maybe they go through some form of feud leading up to um, one of them getting a tag team opportunity for the tag team championships is where I would love to see this feud go. But with Ethan Page and Matt Hardy, they've done a great story, but it's ran its course. And I'm happy to say that I'm ready for this feud to move on. And for Ethan Page and the Hardys and everybody involved in this to go into a, a different direction here. I think it ends in DQ. I don't think there's a winner. Um, to me, logically, it wouldn't make sense for Matt Hardy's to win and for Ethan Page to be under his control. It, it would just be dragging on a story that uh, I just don't see we can drag on much longer. So to me, I believe that's the buy-in match is Ethan Page and the Guns versus the Hardys and Hook. And it ends in a DQ with no winner. I guess technically then the winners would be the Hardys and Hook. So I don't know how they'll run up that stipulation, but it ends in DQ, and and I think um, there's a there's going to be in the leading moments that Matt Hardy didn't beat him, and therefore the contract Ethan Page's contract cannot be um, owned by Matt Hardy because he technically didn't win. Um, that's kind of how I will see the suit going, and then they just go their separate ways after maybe a couple extra weeks after the show. We get to the main card here, and it's a stacked main card. So I don't know which match to start with because every match I think is going to be good. So I'm just going to start at the bottom of the list here. This list comes from Wikipedia, and the card is always subject to change. So what it has now may not be the card on Sunday. The card is always subject to change. That's something you got to learn with wrestling and live events. The last match to become official was Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho in an unsanctioned match. And if you watched AEW Dynamite yesterday, then um, you know where I'm going with this. If you didn't, spoiler alert, Sabu showed up. He's going to be the special guest enforcer in the side of, of Adam Cole and Roderick Strong. This match is going to be really good. It's an unsanctioned match. It's going to be bloody. It's going to be dangerous. There's going to be a lot of weapons and spots and injury prone moments here. I'm I, I'm going to love it. And we get Sabu out here. I think we'll see a returning Kyle O'Reilly to, to even up the sides four on four. And it's just going to be a all out brawl leading probably to um, a match at maybe collision. I could see the debut week at Collision. They do something like a blood and guts match or, or some kind of quality of match um, with four on four um, to to promote Collision or 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 uh, 
yeah, so that's probably where that goes there. In terms of who wins this match, I got to go Adam Cole. I think Chris Jericho, he's such a good worker. Um, he doesn't need a win here. I think Adam Cole does. This is kind of Adam Cole's first big um, pay-per-view moment since his comeback. And to, to have him lose to Jericho, even though it's an unsanctioned match and it's not really technically a match on the card – Wins and losses don't matter in this instance. It's just two people unsanctioned. AEW is allowing them the spot here um, without any risk of sanctioning the match here. I still think Adam Cole gets the win. I actually think this is this match goes on after the main event. So the main event obviously is the, you know the 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 four pillars world championship match, but I think this match goes on. Um, it either opens the show or it closes the show because it's unsanctioned. And so you want, you would want to have the sanctioned, all the sanctioned matches going in at one time. It would kind of be weird to put this match in the middle of the card or even co-main event of the card um, as an unsanctioned match, because to me, logically it doesn't make sense that you'd sanction half the show and then have an unsanctioned match and then sanction the second half of the show. So I, I think this match either starts the starts it or finishes the, the pay-per-view. But overall, I think Adam Cole gets the win. I think because we'll get that return in Kyle O'Reilly to even up the odds, um, Adam Cole gets the win. And I'm excited to see where this goes in the future. I'd love to see a blood and gut style match or a stadium stampede style match um, somewhere in the future. And, and Jericho's always leading the charge on those kind of gimmicky matches there. Um and we'll, we'll see where it goes, but I like Adam Cole in this match here. We'll then go to Jade Cargill versus Taya Valkyrie for the AEW TBS Championship. Jade Cargill is currently sitting at 60 wins and zero losses. Taya Valkyrie coming in, finally able to use the road to Valhalla against Jade. I still can't see Taya winning here. I, I think this is the wrong spot. I think Jade Cargo picks up her 61st win, 61 and 0, and um, we we either immediately after this match or in the next coming weeks we'll see the return of somebody, probably Chris Statlander. I think she's about done with rehab and getting ready with her injury to come back, and, and I think she'll be the next one to come in and, and feud with Jade, um, and that will be. A fun way to push to um, to promote this title, and I think Chris Statlander will be the one that eventually, when they fight, will beat Jade and and the and the undefeated streak for Jade Cargo. Though I could see Taya winning. This this it, it may have been the setup to have her lose the first match without being able to use the Road to Valhalla, and then now that she's able to use it, they can they'll have her win here at the pay per view instead of at like a Dynamite. Or a rampage, maybe that's the the idea going on here. But I still think Jade gets the win because I feel like they're saving this title change for um, for Chris Statlander. And here's a note that I that I want to make real quick. This this regards the TBS Championship and the TNT Championship. Now that we're having two shows on equal standing, both two hour shows, one on TBS, one on TNT. I hope they plan on the TBS title and the TNT title being defended, uh, if not every week, almost every week on TV. 
it would be great to, to have your TV title defended every single week. Do what you're doing with Orange Cassidy every single week. Uh, it, would, it would be one good for the women's division to have the TBS title on TV every week on Dynamite. But um, two, it, it's the TV championship, you know. So it needs to be defended on the on TV, not really at the pay-per-views, but on the network that the title represents. Um, that's my opinion on that. So if Jade were to win, I would hope the first Dynamite after Double or Nothing, she'd have another match and like it not be a squash match. Like it'd be a legitimate, you know, someone that they want to promote to be the future of the women's division and let Jade actually fight some real competition here instead of these squash matches leading up to a feud. Um, but anyway, we go to the next match. It is the Anarchy in the Arena match between the Blackpool Combat Club, consisting of Brian Danielson, John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta versus the Elite, consisting of Kenny Omega, Matt and Nick Jackson, or the Young Bucks, and Hangman Adam Page. And boy, did we get a, a, a good ending of Dynamite last night. We It was... Uh, Wheeler, Yuta, and Claudio Castagnoli fighting the Lucha Bros for the ROH Tag Team Champions. Went out of nowhere, the Young Bucks interfere, costing the Blackpool Combat Club members the ROH titles, leading to a standoff between all four, 4v4, um, or, well, 4v2, that was the Blackpool Combat Club standing off with the Young Bucks as we ended out Dynamite. I'm actually excited in this match. I feel like Anarchy in the Arena is a a, a really good concept. The, they had a really good match um, the last time the, uh, Moxley and the Blackpool Combat Club were in an Anarchy in the Arena match. I think the Elite get the win in this instance, though, because I, I just have a feeling they need it more than the Blackpool Combat Club. But it's going to be a, a bloodbath. It's going to be a, a great match. Um but, but the story doesn't end here, I don't think. Um, we still need to figure out where Don Callis plays in. I'm still convinced that Callis is going to have Takeshka. He was recruiting Takeshka to join the Blackpool Combat Club, and he's going to be the leader of the Blackpool Combat Club, and the elite need to now a fifth member, and that's we're going to bring in a free agent that I think could join them um, by the name of Kota Abushi. Um, I think they could really, he could come in and join Kenny's side um, and make it 5v5. And maybe that's where we get the blood and guts match. I don't know. There's so many matches going on right now where we, I could see several matches going blood and guts or stadium stampede or whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, I like the elite going over here and getting the W um, just to continue the story. The, the, the good guys get, win number one to continue the story. I think maybe maybe the finale of of, of the Elite versus the combat, Blackpool Combat Club maybe comes at Wembley. Maybe it comes at um, All Out. Uh, it's hard to tell at this point, but I think the Elite goes on and it either ends here or maybe it continues on till the next pay-per-view. Maybe, maybe it opens up at Forbidden Door where a couple new members join on each side and, and Forbidden Doors where the finale of this feud ends. But I like the Elite winning this match this week. Now we get into the AEW Women's World 
championship match. Probably one of my favorite matches coming into this weekend between Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm. And if you listen to the Slapping Meat Wrestling podcast, um, I had a, a, a pretty hot take, I think, um, when when asked about this match and, and, and what my opinion of this match was going to lead to. And this was this was my opinion. I think Tony Storm is going to win this match over Jamie Hayter for for a couple reasons. We're getting collision coming back. And I think AEW is going to go, pun intended, all in on making sure collision does well. That it has dynamite-esque numbers. I think the issue with Rampage was it wasn't getting the numbers that they wanted to get. And therefore, now they got a two-hour show coming in on Saturdays. They want to make sure that uh, Collision's numbers match the numbers of Dynamite at the least 800 to 900,000 people watching. And it's a Saturday, so it's going to be difficult, especially during the months of college football, to get those numbers regularly. But in the beginning, I think they're going to do everything they can to make sure that they have the crowd here on Saturdays. Um, excuse me. With that being said, I think the best way to do that is to start a to restart the feud between Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa, because they were they were scheduled to have a match for the for the uh, to determine the champion when Thunder Rosa was still champion, and Thunder Rosa got hurt or or whatever the case may have been. And, and it didn't go off that way. And now Thunder Rosa is back. She's going to be on collision. What's the best way to push collision? But to have the women's world title on the show. And and, and maybe collision is where you, you push your women's division. If you want to be the women's champion, you've got to go through collision on Saturday nights. Um. And, and maybe have it to where there's a f- certain few people that can go back and forth. And, and Tony Storm is one of those people or the outcast or one of those people, or one of those groups that can go back and forth between um, Rampage or not Ram, sorry, Dynamite and Collision. And, and Tony Storm's going there and Thunder Rosa, and they're going to pick up that feud of Thunder Ro- with Thunder Rosa and they're going to fight that match. They're going to fight the fight, Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm, not at all out in Chicago, but the week prior and all in at Wembley Stadium. And it's going to be a hell of a match. I I, I think that's a Wembley appropriate match. People hate. I, I get this bad, bad uh, reputation. I guess uh, Thunder Rosa gets a bad reputation from a lot of the fans because of the reported backstage stuff with Britt Baker and, and maybe her bad attitude or whatnot what's going on. But Thunder Rose is one of the best female wrestlers in the industry right now. Um, and I think they, they would put on a hell of a show at, um, at all in and Wembley stadium. And everybody's like, this is just the perfect chance to put Soraya versus, um, Soraya versus uh, Jamie Hayter, two British wrestlers at Wembley Stadium. And I get that. 
but but this isn't WWE. Tony Khan's just not going to put a story together just for the sake of the crowd. He he doesn't really do that. The only really time that he's done that was for CM Punk. And, and that's just because it's CM Punk. There's nobody at CM Punk's level at this point. And, and yet CM Punk got the pop of the Chicago crowd on his debut. And that was it. But but you look at it, you don't really see a lot of people getting championship matches to appease the home home guy. Like, I think maybe the last time that happened was for the TNT title with Will Hobbs, and he lost it a few weeks later. So I think Tony Khan cares more about storyline than fanfare because he knows – but the fans will get behind the match if the story's good enough. I don't, you know, if you just pander to the crowd and just give them a, a title match with two British wrestlers just because they're British, but the story behind it doesn't make sense, then to me it's difficult for the for me to think that the Brits would even care. The Brit, you know, the British fans just want the event. I don't think they care if they have British wrestlers represented, two British wrestlers represented in the women's title match. They want a good story. They want to be entertained. They're happy enough to get the event, and they want good matches to go with it. And I think a better match where you can have a lot of backstory leading up and then push this feud further while building your second show, or now your third show, your, your I guess your your B show, I, you can call Rampage the the, the NXT of, of AEW, right? Um, you can... You can uh, Build this B show up from the ground up by having Tony Storm, which is one of the biggest names in the women's wrestling and for AEW, go against Thunder Rosa, bring that story back, and then you end it at Wembley Stadium in a big match with a big fight feel that means something. And then you and then Tony wins or Thunder wins or whoever wins, you know, wins, and then they they build it out and next week they can have something pop off at all out. Um, but regardless here, I think Tony Storm wins because I honestly could see this as the moment for Britt Baker to finally turn on Jamie Hayter. Um, and I, I, I know we have the story of, of like outsiders versus homegrown talent or whatnot. I just don't I, I don't I don't think Brit fits in that story. And and here's and again I said it back on the Slap and Meat podcast when we recorded it on Monday. I think it was released on Wednesday. Um my belief is that uh, Britt Baker and uh and Soraya are going to be involved in a mixed gender match at, at the Wembley Stadium with um Adam Cole and Britt fighting Soraya and Chris Jericho. That's my opinion. That like that seems to be where this story could lead is where there's a mixed gender match and, and, and Jericho and Cole get get that with Britt and Soraya. Um, and so to have, I think that happens at Wembley. Like that's a big match. Jericho and Cole, Adam Cole's and Britt Baker fighting at, at Wembley Stadium would be big. I think that would be a good match at Wembley. Um, and, and it just so to put that there, Soraya wouldn't be available 
you know, now you have Soraya who is the heel, but she's going to get the, the hero's welcome because it's in England. And then now everyone with tag team with Jericho, which is always over regardless of his status, heel or face, you know, I think that's a Wembley match and you get a big pop for Jericho and Soraya and Cole and Britt Baker. And it's just a Donnie Brooker of a match, but you don't get Soraya fighting Jamie Hayter for the title at Wembley. You get Soraya and Jericho fighting Britt Baker and Adam Cole at Wembley. That's just my thoughts. That's how I would book it. And you'd give Tony Storm the title. She can defend it against and start and restart the feud with Thunder Rosa using some of this backstory, using Thunder Rosa, like make Thunder Rosa like this, this um, superstar that's coming back and that she's on misunderstood as like this locker room, like bully, but she's really not that like turn her into like this baby face that you want to feel empathy for. And that Tony storm be the girl that, is just trying to beat all of the homegrown talent in all of this mess, you know? Because Thunder Rosa didn't work for for the Fed. Thunder Rosa didn't work for any big company. She's homegrown as homegrown in, in AEW. That's really where she put her name on the map. She's big in the Texas scene and the Mexico scene and the, you know, Oklahoma scene. And she's big internationally as well. So I like Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm at Wembley for the title. Give me Tony Storm to be Jamie Hader here. Um, now we got the 21-man Blackjack Battle Royal for the AEW International Championship. Eight, uh, Orange Cassidy has to put his title on the line against 20 other men, which were released this morning per AEW. Here are the 20 people fighting AE, uh, AEW's International Champion, Orange Cassidy, here at... Um, Double or nothing. He's going up against Ricky Starks, The Butcher, The Blade, Bandito, Commander, Lee Moriarty, Big Bill, Ari Davari, Tony Nese, Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, Kip Sabian, Ray Phoenix, Penta El Sato Mieto, Swerve Strickland, Brian Cage, Jay White, Juice Robinson, Keith Lee, and Dustin Rhodes. So... Who wins this match? Well, I thought, and, and if you listened to um, on Monday, the sla- when, when we recorded the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast, the 20 members weren't released. I thought this was Kyle Fletcher's chance. Kyle Fletcher had his opportunity last night on Dynamite and ended up losing. I don't see anybody on this list that would beat Orange Cassidy. I don't see anybody on this list that I could see winning outside of Orange Cassidy. Because obviously you have like Keith Ro- Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes. They're going to have their thing with Swerve and Brian Cage. Jay White and Juice Robinson are going to continue their thing with Ricky Starks. The Butcher, The Blade, and Sabian have their thing. Penta and Ray are ROH tag champions. So... You know, maybe they go somewhere. They have Ari Davari and Tony Nese. It's just a bunch of tag teams. Bendito and Commander, I think they're a tag team. Butcher and the Blade, that's a tag team. 
Ari Davari and Big Bill, part of the firm. Or, I'm sorry, Lee Moriarty and Big Bill, part of the firm. Ari Davari, Tony Nice, part of Varsity Athletes. Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta, best friends. Kip Sabian, he works with the Butcher and the Blade. Ray Phoenix and Penta, the Lucha Bros, Swerve and Brian Cage. They're part of the uh, Embassy Moguls. Jay White and Juice Robinson are, you know, Bullet Club Gold and Keith and Dustin are working as a tag team. The only singles guy here is Ricky Starks. So maybe it's Ricky Starks that maybe gets the win here. Um, and that would be that would be maybe a fan favorite here. But I still think overall Ricky Starks gets uh, taken out of the Battle Royal. It's the over the top rope Battle Royal. And I'm, I, I think he gets beat up by Bullet Club Gold, Juice and Jay. And nobody else here fits the bill to win because they're all just a bunch of tag teams. And Orange Cassidy wins. Um. I was I was actually kind of shocked when I pulled up the 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 card to see them name all 20 people that is going against Orange Cassidy before the event because I was set on there being a mystery guy. Maybe they add a mystery guy at the end. I don't know. We'll see with um, Rampage on Friday if they mention anything else going on in that regards. But I think Orange Orange Cassidy retains his title here. I was thinking Kyle Fletcher would be the guy that came in and and took the title away from Orange Cassidy because of of what was going on there. But since he lost on Wednesday and he's not even in the match, I got to give it to Orange Cassidy. And so Orange Cassidy is going to retain his title again and carry it on and carry on the one of the best runs I think I've seen in a pro wrestler from an entertainment standpoint in quite a while. Excuse me. So, yeah, I think Orange Cassidy is one of the most entertaining uh, wrestlers in every industry, at every venue um, that I have seen in, in quite some time. Um, and and so, yeah, I think Orange Cassidy at this point and then retains his title and goes past double or nothing with the AEW International Championship. At least three matches on the card. And let's just get the easy one out of the way. It's Wardlow versus Christian Cage for the TNT Championship in a ladder match. I think Wardlow retains. They're putting too much emphasis on Christian Cage being like a a ladder specialist. I think think Wardlow retains. um, And um, we get a Wardlow... Win here, uh, I think this could be an opportunity here for Luchasaurus to turn on Christian Cage and maybe set up their feud. Um, but at the end of the day, I think Wardlow, regardless of if it's clean or dirty or whatever, he gets the win and beats Christian Cage. I don't see Christian Cage as the type of guy that can make the TNT Championship any better than it is. It's been it's been really poorly booked for the past several months. Like I think since the Samoa Joe and Wardlow and powerhouse Hobbs thing, it's just been really poorly booked. I I liked it when Sammy Guevara had it. I liked it when Darby had it and there was at least like some semblance of a story. I just don't like passing this title back and forth. And so I think Wardlow wins simply because, to put another person with the championship would lose all momentum of the title. To me, it's like the TNT championships almost 
at the status of the of the WWE 24-7 championship and how irrelevant it is because it just seems like whoever gets it loses it like in the next week or so. So I think Wardlow continues here. They're, they got to build this title to mean something again. And uh, right now it doesn't mean anything, which is why I said earlier they need to have a, a TNT title match every week on Collision. They need to have a TBS t- uh, title match every single week on Dynamite. Make those titles mean something so that people actually give a shit about them. You know, and, uh, there's people that have the mindset that the titles are just props. I tend to think that the, the championship is the only reason why wrestling is entertaining. If you were wrestling in the, if you took every single WWE, AEW, Impact, any promotion, and you take the championships out of it, what the fuck am I watching wrestling for? The championships mean something because it makes the fans engaged in a in a storyline where somebody has to defend it or 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 the chase to win something. You take that out, then then wrestling is is meaningless. Um, and so the TNT championship is about meaningless at this point. They need to make it mean something again. So Wardlow gets the win and he's going, I think he's going to have a pretty long run and defend it. Uh, I wish they would have him do what they do with orange Cassidy and have him defend it like every week on dynamite or rampage or, or now collision coming up with this being the TNT championship. It should be on the Saturday show and make it mean something, make it mean more than just a, uh, anybody gets an opportunity. There has to be no story behind it. Like you can build a really good story, make it like the Intercontinental or U.S. Championships and the WWE as as a good secondary title for um, the people that I guess you could say are in the mid card to to ascertain for and and use it to build a character that could go and potentially then go run for the world title. Um. Let me go to what I would say is the co-main event, FTR, Dax and Cash, AEW World Tag Team Champions put their titles on the line against Jeff Jarrett, who seems to never disappear in the circle of wrestling, and Jay Lethal, who I think this is the best form of Jay Lethal in some time with Jeff Jarrett. It seems like uh, they've just put a lot of chemistry in here. We have uh, in the side of Jay and Jeff, we have Karen Jarrett, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh, and the special guest referee, which is something that I don't think we've seen in quite a while in any circle of wrestling. A special guest referee, Mark Briscoe. If you watched Dynamite last night, Briscoe came out and slapped the ever-living shit out of Dax Harwood and then pushed Karen Jarrett slapped the everlasting shit out of uh, Sanjay Dutt, and then, like, slapped Jay Lethal. It was quite entertaining. Basically, Mark Briscoe saying, I'm tired of this bullshit. I'm tired of being dragged, and, and it, you're my boy. You're my boy. I'm tired of being split between two feuding people. I'm going to call this down the line, and the best team wins. And so for that reason, I think FTR retains. Because I think this is where we're going to go. We're going to see Mark Briscoe show his allegiance to FTR in this match. This match almost reminds me of... I can't remember what the match was, but I know it was... um, Was it Triple H as a special guest referee? 
and a match with Shawn Michaels fighting somebody and Triple H shown his allegiance to Shawn Michaels and, and gave Shawn the win, or maybe it was reverse. I can't quite remember how it was, but it's giving me that kind of vibes. I think we'll see Mark Briscoe show allegiance to FTR um, because he's just tired of being manipulated by Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal and Sanjay and all of that. And we're going to see FTR retain. Again, I just don't see Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal being the team that could run this tag division long-term. And this, this is your biggest pay-per-view of the year for, for AEW. And you don't put a transition, a transitional title, uh, a champion here at this point in time, that would be something that you would do it like revolution or full gear, but not at the biggest event. I think FTR gets the win and they continue moving towards to maybe like uh, forbidden door in June, there's several tag teams that I could see them fighting at Forbidden Door um, or All In or All Out. And so I think FTR has to hold it here. You don't, you don't, you don't give them the title just to have them lose it in their first defense, uh, the first pay-per-view defense. So FTR gets the win here over Jeff and Jay. And I think we see Mark Briscoe show his alliances with FTR. And it brings us now to the main event of the evening. The four pillars, four-way match for the AEW World Championship, where MJF puts his championship on the line, the triple B on the line, against Sammy Guevara, Darby Allin, and Jungle Boy Jack Perry. These four men have been seen as the pillars of AEW, the ones that have been here since the foundation of the company four years ago. It's hard to think. Four years ago, Double or Nothing was AEW's first ever event. They announced in January of 2019 the company was here, and and Double or Nothing was the first event they ever put on, a pay-per-view event. And it changed the world. And these four men have been here since that time. And they each have their different stories of how they got into wrestling and how they got to AEW and, and how much experience they have. And and you have people like MJF who who hasn't wrestled much, but has been, you know, be has been given a lot of opportunity, even though he doesn't wrestle a lot. You have people like Sammy Guevara who has just kind of been given opportunities, but but he's worked hard to get to where he is and just ha- has come up short in the opportunities he's had. You have like people like Jungle Boy who really haven't been, and Darby too, who haven't really been given these main event opportunities to, to show their skill. But these are the pillars of the company, and this is going to be a really good match. And like I said the other day when I recorded my podcast for my brother, the Slap and Meat Wrestling Podcast, I keep name dropping it, so y'all got to check it out. <laughs> um, I love the way they built this. Because initially we have this, this feud, and MJF wins at the last pay-per-view, and then the, the Monday after, or the, the Wednesday after, Sammy and Darby and Jack Perry, uh, Jungle Boy, come out. And they all just drop heat on why they should get the title. 
why they should get a championship opportunity. And then MJF comes out and, and, you know, shit talks all three of them. And it's like, oh, they're giving us a four-way at double or nothing. But they didn't give it to us immediately, right? The story was slow building. And just like every MJF feud, that he tries to manipulate all of this. He, he tries to buy out Sammy. He pins Jungle Boy and Darby against each other. Um, then they have to tag team to get their opportunity to get the four-way. It's just such a great, a greatly built story where now we have basically two singles matches going on at the same time because Darby and Jungle Boy don't really like each other. Sammy and MJF surely don't like each other. But then overall, the overarching story is all four going for the title, and you don't have to pin, get pinned to lose the match. And so... This match is going to be really good. There's a really good story. I think MJF retains. But I think it sets up, again, it sets up something that comes out in collision. I think everybody has this opinion that um, CM Punk is going to make his debut at Collision's debut, they announced yesterday that it's in Chicago at the United Center. Everybody makes this assumption that that's when CM Punk's going to make his debut. I disagree because, like I said um, on Monday when I recorded that podcast, you do not sell out the United Center a second time by simply just saying it's at the United Center. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors going on between for like the legal counsel on both sides between CM Punk and AEW. I think that's all smoke and mirrors. I think we see CM Punk show up tonight, uh, Sunday night, right as we end the show. And like I said, the best way I think to do it is to play the mind games with MJF. Because when MJF came out at All Out last year, when CM Punk won the title, and then he comes out and he, you hear his supposed conversation with Tony Khan, and he reveals himself to be the guy behind the devil mask. We were going to get that CM Punk Jungle Boy, or it's CM Punk versus MJF match. And then CM Punk went off the rails or whatever happened at the fallout um, of All Out, you know, the brawl. And now they have the postponed plans. Now we're going about a year later, and it's just the perfect time to lead up to this match. And this, this will be your main event at Wembley, CM Punk versus MJF. That is what's going to sell the rest of the tickets that they haven't sold if there's any that they haven't sold yet. But you don't sell at the United Center on a rumor that CM Punk may show up again. That happened the first time just because everybody was like, oh, seven years. You don't do it again, I don't think, without CM Punk showing up prior stating that he's going to be there. The rumor and innuendo was that Collision was created simply to appease CM Punk so he didn't have to share a locker room with the guys that he disagreed with for at, at a Dynamite. So you have to have your guy there before the show begins, I think, before anybody to even give a shit. And if he shows up right now at, at, at this show, I think this is the perfect time. You also... You saw at the beginning of Dynamite uh, this past weekend, I think it was the Orange Cassidy for Kyle Fletcher match. The lights go dim and there seemed to be a little static. And I thought that was weird when it happened, but apparently the static was like maybe a resemblance that CM Punk is coming back. I think he shows up at the end of this. You maybe hear a conversation 
Um, and and kind of do the same thing where you hear Tony Khan talking to CM Punk and CM Punk comes back and and uh, and introduces himself to the crowd in Las Vegas and then leads you to believe that he will for sure be there in Chicago. But I don't think he shows up in Chicago. I think he shows up this Sunday. But MJF wins the title. He retains. He's going to fight CM Punk, I think, at All In in Wembley Stadium. Let me get, let me know what you guys think about this pay-per-view. I'm highly excited for this pay-per-view. Um, more excited than any other pay-per-view that's going on this week. But let me know what you think. Comment below. Like, share. Hit that notification bell. And tune in tonight when I'm, I'm again back on the channel with my brother and a couple friends here as we talk some football on the Colin Audible's podcast. But as I say farewell with today's episode, we have been in the junkyard, and I must say goodbye. Have a good one, and until next time, catch you on the flip.